0: Welcome to the Hard Water Fishing Show. Jeff and Jason talk tactics, gear, and ice fishing legends. Alive, Hardwater Fishing Show, Season Five, Episode Three. It is the second week of November, twenty twenty-one. Our topic tonight is ice fishing rod trends, and we're going to be talking about all the current stuff about ice fishing and breaking it down to individual components.
1: On the ice fishing rods or all of ice fishing?
0: Oh gosh, ice fishing rods. <laughs>
1: it's like we, we got a really long show tonight, boys and girls. Bring on to your hats.
0: We're gonna talk about ice fishing from A to Z. Yeah,
1: hey, it's below freezing. It was below freezing today. Here.
0: I saw I saw a post on Rogers on Red. They said there was skim ice in their bay.
1: Yeah. I saw on the Facebook there was some guy up in up in Canada somewhere
0: ice fishing today. Oh yeah, we're not Uh, there yet. Not in Minnesota. Not in this lower Well, we have Canadian Canadian listeners.
1: So if you're a Canadian listener and you've caught a fish, send us an email with a picture we'd love to see it yeah, it will make me You
0: can be jealous Heck of. Heck
1: yeah yeah you've all <laughs> got it you know this early ice when you can't if if you start getting that and i can't get out i about need to like turn off facebook and all that social media because it just kills you it just kills you to
0: see it you go and you go into retail therapy yeah like, well i can't go I know. fishing so i need to buy and i do not stuff. i
1: really don't need to buy more stuff so <laughs> yeah it's bad
0: all right, so uh, Jason, what what, do you, what kind of beverage are you drinking? I mean, you got schooled last week on your old. I anchors. did a little. Hopefully, you brought, I did a little. Brought the Yeah, this week.
1: so that was awesome. That that generated a lot of conversation. So I did. I did think. I thought about. I sat and I thought. I thought some more, and so I. I think I've got it, Jeff. I think I did okay tonight. All right,
0: because last week was it, I would call fail. It
1: was, but it was still better than the carpet beer you drink. Okay, so this this is an American classic. It's a premium beer, born in the land of the sky blue waters. Jeff, what is that?
0: Ooh, is that it? Is a ham's? hams.
1: Here we go. Nice.
0: Oh yeah. Weak opening though. Weak opening, kind of.
1: It sounded good on my end. You've had oh, a little bit. Well, of, hang on, I gotta get a cookie too.
0: Are you sure that's safe? Uh You need to put some pictures of this iced oatmeal cookie dispenser. I don't think anybody knows what it looks like. You need to create a short video and put it on YouTube. It flew
1: open. I got two cookies on that deal. That's awesome. I,
0: I need a demonstration and a picture because n- you've been using this thing now and nobody People knows what People can just it is. wonder.
1: <laughs> no, I will. I, I'll have to do, I gotta do that. You're right. I've actually been pondering. I, I think I've got a... Maybe a uh, setup thought through my brain how to take it out in my shack. Okay. What are you drinking,
0: Jeff? So I have a Kid kolish from New Glarus Brewing Company. So you cannot buy this beer in Minnesota. In fact, um, there was a bar that bought it from... Wisconsin and tried to sell it in Minnesota and got busted for it. I don't know why you can't sell it in Minnesota, but is it- you cannot sell New Glarus, more commonly called Spotted Cow is their more common one. But yes, you have to drive to Wisconsin to buy New Glarus beer. Why? That's the way it is. It is brewed in Wisconsin and employee owned and only can be bought in Wisconsin. So it has a story, of course. So it's brewed and bottled in New Glarus, Wisconsin. You hold an enlightened throwback ale brewed in the coalish tradition of yesteryear. Beautiful floral spalt hops were chosen by the, in the field by the brewmaster Dan Carey. Crisp bitterness dries quickly into a clean finish. Double deconation, mashing of specifically blended German and Czech barley and wheat malts naturally create a golden bready center. Old World Open Top Fermentation imparts fl- lifting fruit notes. Softly round out this 100% natural carbonated live ale with a friendly bounce. Prost.
1: Good Lord.
0: <laughs> Are you tired? I'm thirsty. Where were these guys, so guys on this. career day? <laughs> Here we go. It's upcoming.
1: I don't know. You... I, that was kind of weak.
0: It's a bottle. Yeah, they never sound good.
1: I just had to say that because you said that about mine. How is your oh, toasted bread center good.
0: beer? It's awesome. It's got a picture of a goat on it. <laughs> See? It's, it's a picture of a goat. Goat beer? Goat beer. Oh, God. It's very good, but if you don't live in Wisconsin, you can't even try it.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. You know, if, if you were going to teach folks in high school about english and you you said that you know if you play your cards right you could have been a beer bottle label story writer when you grow up <laughs> i think i would have put that on every high school job what do you want to do when
0: you grow up thing
1: but that stuff wasn't even a, that beer. wasn't even a thing though when we were kids that wasn't a, even a thing
0: you only had old man yeah beers. you didn't have story time on your beer <laughs>
1: But it's been a good development. Right. Okay.
0: It has, and it makes for a good story in podcast content. <laughs> it
1: does, I guess.
0: Yeah. All right. So moving on to patrons, not Patron. Um, so just wanted to give a quick update. We won't do this every every time, but just making sure we do have some patrons <laughs> and just want to recognize them. Um, we have four different levels of patrons, from the fan to the ice fishing legend. And we just want to thank everybody for your support um, so right now, you know, at the fan level, we have Ian, and he's been with us since since uh, this year, so since January. And then uh, Weekend Warrior, um, we have Leo, Andy, Tyler, Chris, and David. So that's our most popular five dollar a month uh, contribution to the show. So thank you to those guys. And then um, at the guide level, we have Matthew K, who started just last month. Who we talked about, or I'm sorry, yeah, last month and last week and finally at the uh ice fishing legend level we have tim tim just wanted to say thank you to tim and to all of our supporters for uh helping us pay to do do this podcast
1: yeah and tim tim got sent out a hat because we appreciate that and he's received that now so i can actually say that and then yeah and then um i think we sent we put some pictures on instagram that tim had sent us from the summer fishing so hopefully he gets us some winter pictures too
0: Cool. Yeah. And, and there's some other levels too where, you know, you get to be on our um, Discord channel that we put stuff on maybe a little bit earlier. And, um, you know, one of the things is getting mentioned on the show um, some swag packs that we send out with some stickers and stuff too. So thank you to our patrons. All right. A little show business. Um, we have the Amazon affiliate link. People have been using it a little bit, I noticed. So thank you for supporting the show in that way. Um, you can find that on just on the show.com at the top right. And, uh gear i think our store is just open for a very little bit longer here so (laughs) the by the time you hear this podcast it'll probably by
1: time by time you've heard this podcast and thought to yourself my gosh i was going to order something you missed it so the only way to get a hat is to be that that uh get that sponsor thing going
0: patron all right that thing and the best put yep that thing the best place to interact with us On social media is Instagram and Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, You can find us on our website, com, And we have a YouTube channel where we post all of our episodes and some other random videos too. Jason, have you been there yet? All right. You're going to have to put a video out there about the ice mold. Yeah,
1: I'm going to have to do that. I'm going to
0: have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then we're going to have to find a new bit. (laughs) If you go there. I know, I know. I don't know what we'll do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to think All of something. Right. And um, you can email us, show at gmail.com. And we do read everything, even if it doesn't make it on the show. So
1: yep, especially
0: so especially famous. this time of year. We're tuned in. We're, we're paying attention. So. Two fact checks we got to update on. Okay, hit me with it. First one we talked about already. Bud Light is not an old man. I agree. Fact checked. Yep. <laughs> Um, the other thing was last week we forgot to talk about, um, Dave's ice shack that he built, which is super awesome. And I'm excited to fish out of it. I forgot to talk about dolly. He, um, you know, often in early ice, yeah, you can't get your car out there. So you have like a four wheeler, but the ice shack is too heavy for a four wheeler really to handle. Mm -hmm. So they make these like dollies that like has two wheels and then a trailer hitch in the middle. So you put your ice shack, put it on the trailer hitch and that supports the weight some of the tongue yeah. of the yeah, shack I've seen so these. you can bring them out. So Dave built his own. Okay. Because that's what Dave does. Yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't <laughs> you? Why wouldn't you weld it up of course you I wouldn't. mean, I wouldn't because I can't, but you have a water eh? You can do this. So those are two fact checks that we had to do that we had to kind of get straight on. So, um, so that we don't really have a fishing report. Um, so I guess we move into gear. Yeah. All right, so uh, the first, I had a couple of gear things on here. Nothing too major. So I've been watching a lot of YouTube. I like YouTube. So much good stuff out on YouTube.
1: I, and, I don't go there um,
0: much. No, yeah, we've established <laughs> that, Jason. Only to watch, uh, what is that guy that pulls people out? Uh, yeah,
1: the off, Matt's Off-Road uh, Recovery, but even that, uh, I, I bet I haven't been there in months either. Oh, I've yeah. probably seen them all. <laughs> I bet you're not in the middle of a remodeling project. Uh no. Yeah, I'm not. see that I'm that not. cuts down on that sort of stuff.
0: You're going to get that done before ice fishing season starts. Ice right?
1: fishing season will happen regardless of remodeling.
0: Okay. Whew. Yeah. I was worried. All right. So there was an in-depth um somebody talked about those flame king heaters. Mm-hmm. We mentioned them earlier. Yeah. So I got a few more details. Um they're like pretty much like a big buddy and a little buddy, mm-hmm. right? They have those kind of things. Um they're about ten or twenty dollars more than those. They weigh a little more. But probably the most interesting thing was they have like a thermostat. Yeah, I saw I don't that. Know if this is gonna be useful or not. Like it sticks out of the bottom, which I would think would be problematic for having your heater on the ice and sticking the thermostat on the bottom.
1: No, um, no that's gonna I work. Yeah, that. that's weird. Yeah.
0: But you know, like on your buddy heaters, it just has like low, medium, or high. This has like I wanna set it at 58 degrees or Mm -hmm. something like that you know like and then it'll shut off i I don't know that's seems maybe a little finicky for out in the ice but i guess we haven't tried it but that was my impression so I, i think the one thing i thought about was at least they have some competition right maybe it'll inspire some some improvements so um so i must have been on heaters um so we also talked about remember that they have that other Big Buddy has that other new heater. What's it called? The It looks more like a circle.
1: Yeah, it's like the Flex Heater.
0: The Flex Heater, right? So I did um, find a little more information on that because we, we had talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's mostly like the other one. It, it has this 300... It's supposed to have a better heat because it's surrounding heat rather than just pushing out the front. Sure. Because it has sides in front. And... They said it's less sensitive to bumping. And this is something I know I've seen with my buddy heaters. Like, you know, they have those safety things. Like, if you bump it a little bit, it doesn't, like, shut off.
1: You're talking, so yeah, the buddy heaters, not the, yeah, the s- sunflower Yeah, sunflower buddy moms.
0: heaters. Yeah, the buddy heaters. You know, they have those mm-hmm. safety switches and stuff to keep you safe. This one's, I guess, a smarter one, maybe, so it doesn't go off quite as much.
1: But just don't be bumping your heater. Uh, don't bump your heater, yeah.
0: And it did have that extra cooker that you can buy... straps onto the bottom so this one guy said he uses it for like like rugged camping and stuff and they thought it was nice to have two in one the cooker and the heater although you can't use the heater and the cooker at the same time yeah
1: i don't i don't know that i'm going to be a fan of this thing no matter how cool it looks i just i don't know don't like it
0: it's don't it's about the same cost as a buddy big buddy and it has a few more benefits it weighs about the same
1: yeah so i don't know
0: talked about super capacitors have you ever used one of these things Jason? I,
1: I saw that and i immediately went to like um what was that show with uh, michael j fox oh the Back flux the capacitor yeah the flux capacitor
0: did i tell you i hit my head putting a clock in the toilet and i came up with the super capacitor
1: yeah i believe it
0: <laughs> i didn't come up with this thing at all but it's really cool because and it reminded me last year um valentine's day it was super cold, like way below zero. We were having problems with the heater in the ice shack. I couldn't get my car to start, even with my jump pack. I was yeah. yeah, I got ones. one of those. Yep, it it wouldn't start my car. It it just was so cold, and and um and since then I've got a bigger one of those. But this super capacitor was interesting. So you could hook it up to like an almost dead battery. It couldn't be dead, mm. but you don't charge it. It like you plug it in, and it also would work off of like a phone charger or something too. But you can you can take the super capacitor and you put it on like almost dead battery, and it takes that low dead battery and like stores up the energy yep. and like it's a capacitor, cap- right? Capacitor. And so it does. It'll like you cook. It, I mean, your car, your dead battery could be almost dead. You put it on there, and you have to wait a few minutes, depending on yeah, how yeah. Stores goes.
1: up the and energy.
0: It Stores up the energy, and then you put it back on, and bam, it hits your 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 thing, and it'll give it a boost to get your car going.
1: Well, that's a really neat deal. I've never heard of that, but that makes that's a smart idea. It's super smart
0: because the problem with those other ones, like the battery, it's a good idea because I was like, I don't want to have to depend on somebody else to come jump me yeah. if I'm stuck, right? But then you have to remember to recharge the battery, and it has to be big enough. And obviously, I, in my case, it wasn't.
1: Yeah, big but enough, I think so. If you use that and the capacitor, or super or whatever that thing is, I don't think your battery's going to do it when it's that cold and dead. I just yeah. don't think it's going to give it enough juice.
0: They said it just takes longer. As I said, as long as your light turned on in your car, and they also said you could hook up um, like a one of those battery packs from like um, you know to charge your phone. Even
1: my jump pack has that type of a connector to it, so you could mm-hmm. use your jump pack to yep. hit the
0: capacitor. They also said too. The nice thing is you could take it to another car. I don't know how long it stores its mm-hmm. capacity. I mean, and charge it up and then bring it over. That's but really crazy. I, don't know. I thought it was a good option. Yeah, and huh. there's nothing worse you, than being stuck. And I thought, what a cool yeah. Idea.
1: So you need to um, try that out. I think it's your turn to buy that one. I'll look into it.
0: <laughs> All right. It seems more like. Like you, I,
1: I, The only thing I know go, about capa- capacitors is they, <laughs> they they make me nervous when you're working on something electrical that's got them. And you're like, you're just staring at that little thing going, is this thing going to get me or not? Is it discharged or <laughs> not? Or did I, how do I just, did I do that right? It just, you never
0: know. The other thing I saw, you know, there's not a lot of new gear out this year. And I don't know if it's related to all the problems with like supply yeah. chain that you've been hearing about. I don't know. But, um... They're, you know that Ice Runner company that makes some interesting ice yeah. packs? So they came out with this thing called the Versa Auger Carrier. So it's kind of like a, um, if you've ever seen these Digger Auger, auger Carriers, like Oli has one. Yep. Northwoods Dave built his own, of course, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because he wouldn't buy one. But um, the nice thing I saw about it was it was it was adjustable width okay. to fit like different types of augers. <clears throat> You know, where the digger is kind of like a fixed size that you have to kind of adjust to it. Do you it. think those so, are a
1: dying thing, though?
0: I think still for electric augers, it's still worth... Like, even if it's a lightweight one, you want to have it handy so you can, like, drive to your hole, drill your hole, put it back on rather yeah. than... So your your other option is to stick it in the bottom of your shack. So then you stick it in the bottom of your shack. Even if it's light, you still got to dig it out of your shack, drill a hole. If you can mount it on your your... Vehicle ATV, snowmobile. I think snowmobile. that's
1: maybe where you're going more um, like a holster
0: than a rack. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you could do a holster. Same kind of idea, mm-hmm. right? But just quick access because, you know, a lot of the times we'll put them in our ice shacks, which keeps them safe. But then when you go to your location, the first thing you want to do is drill a hole and put your vex in it, right? Yep. Well, if that's buried in your, yeah your junk... It's a pain in the. I'm butt. just thinking There's of the Dewalt
1: drill pounds. hanging on for dear life back there as you're flying across the lake.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you hit no. the
1: you hit a bump in the clip and the battery pops out and then you're you're looking around for your battery.
0: I don't have that problem with my Strikemaster 40 volt. So
1: it so, has its other problems, but, it but not that
0: one. There's no problems with it. It's a tool built for a purpose, Jason. Just like me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So they did have some other accessories that would go on this Versa carrier. Yes. Um, you could put like a bucket rack and some other things, but but um, it was a little more expensive than the Digger Auger carrier, but it seemed like more adjustable. Do you
1: remember that time on Lake of the Woods when Ole had that nice bucket rack he built, and we put the yep. bait bucket in it, and then it had the fishing poles on the back, and then the water yeah, sloshed yep. out of the bait bucket? <laughs> And when it was super cold we got we were going yes. like the rods are like ice cavern icicle mm-hmm. m- memorialized till May.
0: yeah what's 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 the don't put your leaky bait bucket next to your no rods oh my god the there was
1: no coming back from yeah. that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right so the final thing I want to talk about in gear that was pretty good. Um, so I found this website called mudhole.com okay yeah don't worry it's safe we're a family show it's just fine so they have everything you could possibly ever need for ice for building fishing really like it's components of components of components um they and so it's not a specific thing and well as we go through here you know i saw i looked because you know you read some things about ice fishing rods or fishing rods but then you're like well what's really out there and they had all the parts and pieces and accessories you can kind of see like oh that's what that is or that's what this cork is or so they had like little kits from like pretty cheap you could build your own rods um to really expensive ones you know it was pretty cool that's awesome yeah so so that kind of you know i kind of premonition what do you call that not premonition Foreshadowing. foreshadowing We're foreshadowing. See, when you
1: took your English classes to learn how to be a beer can writer, you would have learned about that.
0: (laughs) I was foreshadowing you into fishing rod trends that we're going to be talking about. You know, this
1: is not ice fishing related, although we sometimes stray into that territory. We do interviews, but, you know, that's the interview we need. We need someone who is a professional beer can, beer bottle Mm. script writer. Is that? Do you think they all have their own, or did they subcontract for that?
0: Oh, do you remember those commercials from like the nineties about the 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 Mister blah 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 blah? You know, they it was for like Bud the Real Kaiser. American Hero one. Real American Hero. Was, yes. I think that was more recent than nineties, but maybe. I don't know. So if you combine Real American Hero with beer can story writer, yeah. Oh, how do they? Do, they used to say like. Mr. Beer Can
1: Story Writer. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't ever sing again.
0: <laughs> you you have saved the world you saved with your world. story on the beer can.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh boy. Oh,
0: well. Okay. I'm never going to hear the end of that <laughs> one. I can't sing at all.
1: No, no.
0: Weren't you the guy in choir? You're supposed to be swinging, singing I, this one.
1: You know, it's just like the guy that used to play football shouldn't play football. The guy in choir 30 years ago shouldn't sing either.
0: Was uh, it show choir?
1: <laughs> we're, we're moving too far afield. <laughs> Come back to the topic. <laughs>
0: Come back. Fishing rods. We're fishing talking about rods. fishing rods. We're going to get into a bunch of stuff here, Jay. So I, I had to make a summary of some of the subjects here and we'll just kind of go through them because each one of these could be a show right?
1: yeah so here, here let me set the stage here a little bit so yeah. earlier in the week jeff's like gosh gee i just don't know what to do i can't think of a good topic i don't i don't i don't know what to do and i'm like well jeff we need to talk about fishing rods ice fishing rods and you were a little skeptical at first right you're like uh-huh. i'm not sure i'm really not sure but man you really have gotten into this you went down the rabbit hole <laughs> yes we Which is awesome. Ten,
0: there's ten pages of ten, ten pages, pages of, of notes. notes. Yeah.
1: If you, yeah, if you're listening to the show and and you're thinking this is going to be a quick one, it's
0: probably not. So buckle up. We are going to be talking about action, blink, type, seat, eyelets, grip guides, and length. All those things. Jay. That's awesome. I know. So why don't you walk us through? A, oh, one thing I learned at high level: weight's a big deal. Weight of the rod. Weight. weight is good yeah really it's a big deal
1: do they weight yeah. the handles for balance
0: that's nice they didn't talk about that but i right read about weight i don't know um one thing that i thought was totally out of this that we didn't talk about remember those bent handle yeah ones?
1: the ducks the mad duck or whatever
0: i don't I think know. that's what they're I called didn't didn't see anything about those yeah uh, so i think they're i don't know what that means what does that mean i don't i don't know what it means All right, so why don't you walk us through action. Um, All right. Maybe we should define the the word action that we're talking about here, Jay.
1: So let's start with action, right? I think that's where we're going to start. So ultra-fast action, and this is very similar to fast action. The rod is only bending from the tip to that first eyelet, give or take, but pretty much that first eyelet. And so the ultra-fast action, that eyelet between that first eyelet and the second eyelet, that has... That's where you're getting the movement, but it also has more backbone than a fast action rod. So the ultra fast is going to, it's going to have a lot more spring to it. And so, um, maybe an example of this would be, um, if you look at the, uh, in the whole, I don't know the whole pickle stick where it has that flat tip, I would call that a fast action because it's just going to bend really that, that first tip really bends quite a bit. Sure, but it's not ultra fast because it's not very, it's not very. It doesn't have much backbone to it. It just, whoop, I mean, you can about curl the thing up like a, you know, like a piece of paper. It's so right. it's it's
0: for pan Fisher. exactly.
1: So that that would be the best way I could describe it. And actually, that whole usually that that whole pickle stick is pretty it bends quite a bit. So medium action rod, the bend starts at the middle of the blank and is pretty consistent through from the middle all the way through the tip. Gotcha. Does that that kind of help with that? And then your slow action, that rod is going to bend all the way from the handle down. So the best example of these I can think of, you ever had an ugly stick? Like the $30 ugly stick? yep they they bend all the way through right they they have very little backbone through the whole rod and so if you've ever used one of those to try to set the hook on a bass or something hard mouth you have to like jump you have to stand up and give it everything you got (laughs) but they're impossible to break which makes them which makes them um good slow action rod is probably not what you want to use in ice fishing because you don't have a lot of sensitivity in those slow action rods
0: Maybe for your dead stick.
1: Yeah, for a dead stick, absolutely. Something that it's just going to grab a bobber and go down, you're going to set the hook. Oh, um, right. It's going to give you more forgiving before it's going to feel resistance. So on a fast action rod, or, or, or very, very fast action rod, you know, as soon as it, if you don't have a spring bobber or you don't have a bobber on or something it can take, as soon as it hits that first eyelet in the bend, it's going to feel resistance. I probably may multiple mistakes through all those descriptions so i'm sure our fact checkers will tell
0: me what i screwed up but this isn't like a preference thing right this is more tuned to the fish you're going to catch right i mean you would use a different style of action depending on what kind of fish you're fishing for right i mean it's not like you're going to say i always use ultra fast action rods no matter what or i always use slow action rods no matter what you you might have to have a couple different ones or you have to go middle of the road to kind of catch all species.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it's depending on what you're fishing for and how you're fishing. You know, if you're just chucking something on a bobber, you, you probably don't need an, an ultra fast rod. But if you're if you're doing um, some jigging with something that's something real real finicky, you want to feel the minute something's got that bait. You know, then you can get right. into some crazy stuff too because you can start matching your you should match theoretically your rod you know that rod action to your line
0: yeah you're right yep and we didn't i didn't even talk yeah about but that's that. a whole other story so. <laughs> but
1: you know see you know you, you can start making sure you have all this stuff matching up so you know if you're going with a braid and a which gives you a high sensitivity typically with a fax action rod that's good but if but that fish is also going to feel you the second it takes sure. it, the, you know, the, the just right, right there. Yep. So if you're not right there reacting, um, and you have a finicky bite, forget about it.
0: So fiberglass versus graphite. What do you think about that, Jay? What's the difference there?
1: Well, the graphite is typically more sensitive. Now I think that's why they've they've been they've really
0: come on. I mean, I always get a graphite blank no matter what. Yet I have um, our custom rod builder; those are not graphite that we got from Timmy, Timmy Hall. Yeah, and those
1: those are very sensitive.
0: Um, I do use ugly sticks. Honestly, the reason I've chosen those um, is for their durability because they're really hard to break. And I've broken plenty of rods, so I, I do think graphite rods are more sensitive. I definitely think fiberglass rods are not lost in our current modern fishing world.
1: Well, and there's some a lot of variations between that, too, and the graphite rods. I mean, they make... All sorts of different compositions of that.
0: And, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, t- I don't know as much about rod blanks, and, and I'm probably a, I know I'm a novice when it comes to this stuff, right? But, you know, like, I've had rods that are like, this is IM6, or this is IM7, IM8, you know? And I kind of just go, well, I guess the higher number is better, <laughs> you know, <laughs> from a graphite perspective. Explain but Not for yeah. weight. <laughs> no, it's not for weight. No, yeah. It's- <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I guess I still think fiberglass has a place. I think I mean I have fished for walleyes with a fiberglass rod and you know felt fish right. So um, I think this is a preference. Now if you're going for the ultimate precision, I think you're going to want graphite, right? Like if that is ultimate precision, you're going to want a graphite. But if if maybe you're a guy that doesn't have 25 rods and wants to maybe have one or two. Economically priced ones, fiberglass. Don't don't be afraid of it at all.
1: Yeah, I. There again, I think you're matching kind of what that action is to the line, to the length of the rod, and all that stuff.
0: And I have no doubt, also, that a cheap graphite rod and a really good fiberglass rod probably compete, right? Like, I mean, there's just because it's graphite doesn't mean it's the end all be all, right?
1: Well, it's kind of. I I think sometimes it can get like where. I drink juice and it's, it says juice, but it's only 5% juice, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, yeah. so, so that's knowing what, what the rod is made of and, and what the quality of the, the make and the wrap and the, um, yes. and, and that could be a whole topic. Maybe we just need to do some time is, is go through all the different types of graphite rods and yeah, uh, it would be. talk it very totally specifically would be. about that. So Google is your friend here. Um, when you find, especially more of your expensive rods, to, to find out, um, you know, is it beyond a name that the quality, you know, is, am I, is it, am I just buying a rod that's got a name on it or is it actually a quality rod?
0: Yeah, and and I think, you know, I mean, I've fished, I mean, I, all, some of my rods are $30 rods, right? I mean, I have a ugly stick that costs $30 and I use it for ice fishing mm-hmm. and I like it and I have some graphite ones too um, some of them I broke
1: I tend to go so. with the one that's not all balled up in a ball of crap in my rod bag
0: <laughs> but but I mean I would say go with what you want what you're comfortable with I, I honestly I, the more I think about this sometimes it's it's what you're confident in too right like it's what you're confident in your lure your line what you feel like you can go out there and be successful mm-hmm. with. so so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't not buy a rod because it was graphite or fiberglass but you know if you get high end rods they're all going to be I um, fight. And and you know, they have their certainly it's not bad to have a high end run, but you don't have to have one to be successful.
1: But I think I think the important thing to think about, it, it's not always about price. So nope. when you're when you're picking up that combo, it, maybe it's a cheaper combo at Fleet Farm or the Farm Store or Walmart or whatever place yep. you go, pay attention to not just the price, but what is the action of the rod. Because um, I think if you get, this personal thought, if you get a really cheap combo that is a slow action rod and you're going to use it for anything other than bobber fishing, you're probably going to struggle. If you're using it for anything good size to set a hook on a walleye, um, you're probably going to struggle. So kind of keep that maybe more in mind of, of what you're actually buying and what that rod's going to do and how it's going to act is almost more important than price point and in, in those cheaper rods
0: probably the action you're right is more important than fiberglass or graphite they're going to act a little different but, mm-hmm.
1: but they're still going to have the same basic philosophy and how the rod reacts
0: yep yep exactly um i actually don't like to buy me rods and reels as combos i'm just me. I like to buy them separate. They're usually cheaper than the combos. But.
1: Yeah, I've really gotten into just those Fluger reels, pretty much oh, exclusively, so nice. because they're they're reasonably oh, priced and and they and are, they work.
0: I have ten pages of content that we can't start talking about. Right okay, right now.
1: okay. Focusing, <laughs> focus. All right. What else? What else you got?
0: All right. So the next next thing. So we've decided what action we want, and we kind of you know figure blank type is somewhat important now we're talking about seat close to your reel where you'd attach the Fluger reel that maybe is your favorite but um you know where where do you stick that reel in? what kind of seat do you want that so in? i've got
1: some of these rods that don't have the seat like you know like i'm used to the ones where you you have a little thing you twist the thing and the rod the reel goes into yep. the rod and yes. now i've got some that have you have to buy a band or tape and i i don't know how i feel about that i suppose that's the best way to do it but it it's one more thing i forget to do
0: i will say i have a very distinct preference here. okay i don't i don't care about the seat as much i mean i do i'm fine if i have a rod that has no seat which like those custom yeah, ones we have which i I like the rod Yes, I really do. uh, Remember, you bought those rubber bands. Yeah, that wasn't the way to go. Um, I caught fish. I thought the whole thing, (laughs) they were super tight. Like, you could barely get this rubber band on there. You know, and when you caught a fish, it felt like your reel was going to fly off your... Yeah, uh, I used electrical tape instead. Yeah, and that worked much better, didn't it? But
1: according to a friend of ours, Mr. Ole,
0: then you ruined the cork. I mean, you're right. That so he puts two he puts two levels, right? He wraps electrical tape, puts the reel on it, and then wraps it again. Because then you, you know, if you ever move it, you're not ruining the cork. You can just pull them off. off. Yeah. Okay.
1: So maybe that's the way to do so it. So there's,
0: yeah. So I don't think there's a right or wrong here with. Well, I bet I, there I is. I saw one interesting. There, well, there's <laughs> preference, right? I mean, um, so there was one on there. They have an integrated cork seat, which I thought was interesting. It was like where you put it in and you spin it right but um but you could it looked like all cork so like it, basically the plastic parts were covered with cork i don't think that's kind of cool so i think most i'll say high end rods will not come with a seat they will be yep big. i i've I seen that yeah low end rods will come with a seat yeah and kind of your traditional plastic screw together mm-hmm. kind of deal that's usually how they go um I will say the one thing I don't like are those rubber band things. Mm-hmm. They do not hold your real on. Nope. No matter how tight they are, they don't work. Well, you know what and those ones I
1: them. gave you were, don't you? No.
0: I, they were rubber
1: bands. They were too. castration bands.
0: Well, but they were labeled for ice fishing Yeah, rods.
1: but they're castration bands.
0: Oh, well. Don't, I guess whatever they yeah. are that... They don't work don't use them for ice fishing rods or whatever else they're supposed to be used for i don't like when we talk about these things on the podcast jason that's a weird just subject. telling you what they're for well it doesn't help me like them anymore i mean i won't be buying them more because of that all right guides so, moving on gu- guides moving on to guides all right i don't know jay what do you what did what do you think about guides
1: well, I know that I pay a lot of attention to that first guide. And if it's too small on an ice fishing rod, uh, it's it's a pain because it freezes up if you're sitting outside.
0: And, and if you're the kind of person that has a budget to have outside fishing rods and inside fishing rods, you can optimize for those conditions.
1: But then there's a the problem. If you have too big a guide, you end up reeling up your stinking jig all the way. <laughs> so it's kind of like a... I don't know. There's some struggles either direction.
0: Is that a user error? You're supposed to stop reeling when there's... <sighs> I don't know, dude. It's not easy being me, Jeff. I know, I know. All right. <laughs> Basically, I think what I found, too, was the bigger ones don't collect ice. Um, you know, I thought one thing um, was interesting was that, you know, some of my summer rods have, like... A coat, Not a coating, but it's like a ceramic wrap around the Yeah, they're real fancy easier. ones, yeah. Yeah. It Ice fishing doesn't do that. I didn't see a single one. They all use those kind of fly. The wire ones seem way more common than than the... And I'm sure because they're icing up, but I, I didn't see very many that way. Uh-huh. So um, even the more expensive ones, like I looked at, like Thorn Brothers and Tuned Up Customs, both of those still were using those same style, like kind of wire ones they had different options but and that's what that uh it was on season four episode eight when we had timmy hall mm-hmm. on and that's what he used also so bigger eyelets
1: so did you see this note i put in about this patent i found for an ice fishing rod with heated grips or heated ice yeah, heated eyelets
0: that, that sounds really that sounds really smart i know
1: but i've never have you ever seen one that has it i have not someone's got a patent out like, there for it
0: which means you can't make one. Well, you can. You just can't sell it. it. you yeah. got to pay them. That <laughs> guy, our company. Yeah.
1: I mean, and actually it actually was issued uh, November 16, 2017.
0: Oh, so it's pretty it new. It is pretty new. It's not new to put batteries in your... Remember the buzz stick The buzz, buzz stick.
1: But, popular. I mean, with lithium batteries now, I mean, you literally could build a blank that's got wires that run right up the blank and
0: connect into your eyelets. I mean, imagine what the prototype would look like. You'd have wires running all over the place. and
1: You know, and there's something, isn't lithium batteries and water, isn't that a bad deal?
0: I don't know. I, thinking, I mean, we use lithium batteries all over the yeah,
1: place. Yeah, it's true, we do. The,
0: I mean, it seems like a really good idea. I think you just got to, the execution would be important.
1: Yeah, the one thing we've learned is it doesn't have to work to sell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the jig up is like, I mean, like in the hall of fame of... Yeah. Of things that don't work, the the auto the auto jig jigger thing. That thing is. This might be there, but but I've I've been there. I mean, when you're cold, when it's cold out and you're fishing and you have to crimp the ice off the end of your rod. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it it's a it's a it thing. is it's a real it thing. is.
1: I suppose it if it got too hot, it'd melt your line. <laughs> There's probably a happy yeah. in there, isn't there? Like, because if it if it heated over a certain temperature, it it'd cut your line.
0: For braid only. Think about it, you got two pound test or three pound test. there's not a lot of not a lot of gap I know. between melting that yeah, line. there's
1: all sorts of issues there.
0: Maybe the patent ticks. Maybe Shark a, Tank. Shark Tank. <laughs> I mean it, i imagine this thing looking like a Ghostbusters gun. Yeah. You know, the wires that i getting
1: in the backpacks. Let's let's extrapolate that <laughs> a little bit. So yeah. what if you could have a heated tip up where the tip up itself heats so it keeps the spool ice free versus like building it a
0: house i mean they have that bubbler thing we talked about that new frable one yeah but that's that's not heat
1: no i don't know okay we'll come back to that
0: i'd love to see somebody build one i'm still picturing <laughs> ghostbusters ghostbusters <laughs> deal yeah. and you have to like whip out your your fishing rod cuz it's got these wires hanging out of it and stuff so you can keep it keep it warm split grip grip versus full grip now you've seen this jay right mm-hmm. like The trend is these split grips. It is. Um, Definitely going that way. And I'm like, you could hardly find a full grip rod for summer. So um, which side of the split grip versus full grip debate are you on?
1: I don't really have a preference at this point in my life. Um, Those mojos I have from St. Croix Mm -hmm. are split grip. Okay. I don't know that I've seen a benefit in sensitivity to those over some of the other rods I have and maybe it's because they're not far enough up the food chain um
0: like you got to go to like tuned up customers yeah
1: maybe you need to go further up the food like chain on price yeah. or quality um the other thing is on ice fishing you know that there again if you're using it outside with gloves on I don't know that it matters um so yeah. it'd be an inside the shack or a warm day kind of deal, and then even if your fing- if your fingers are at thirty degrees and half frozen, I still don't. know. That. <laughs> I'm kind of wondering about, you know, they're it, they're probably only working for certain circumstances.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're the, what I understand is they're lighter in theory. You know, I mean, you get don't have to put that electric cork or EVA foam in mm-hmm. there. Uh, more sensitive because you can touch the rod. Or
1: you know, so my grandpa, Grandpa Mark. You would fished with these old fiberglass rods that doubled as a tent pole if you needed them to. <laughs> you know? They were just stiff rods. Yeah. They were just yeah. you know, that's how they were built. They did not break. You could set the hook with a flickier yeah, finger. <laughs> but what he did is he always kept his finger on the line. So that's how he would feel fish. Is is his finger was on the line. So it kind of bypasses the rest of this because you're you're feeling that, you know, that pressure or whatever on the line. That's how he it. I still do that Yeah, me too. Oh, I I do do it all the time in summer fishing. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: I do too. I mean, because you're removing a lot of moving parts, your fingers on that line. Yeah. You know, getting that.
1: And he'd fish, he'd jig a lot with his bale or or fish with, especially with Lindy's with his, almost his bale open. Yep. Yep. Even trolling.
0: I have, I've. Heard of people doing that? I don't usually leave my bail open. Them. I do
1: not have the attention span for that.
0: We're up into my old life. Oh y'all, you're, you're to something else, and you're like, <laughs> "Oh crap!" <laughs> but oh my gosh! Yeah. Um, okay, so I think this might be one of the key reasons why they're popular. Somebody said they look cool. <laughs> That's what I think. It's a different look, right? It, it helps people. Like I was at Cabela's, and there was a a, a guy younger than I was. And he said men of a certain age appreciate the full grip and men of a certain age appreciate the split grip is what he told Did me. Did you
1: punch him in the nose?
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Am I that old? Oh men gosh. of a certain age. Like men of a certain age buy the full grip rods. It's almost like, like you're looking at ankle
1: like, socks versus over the calf. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so I don't know. It was it was I'm like, huh yeah, it was an interesting comment, but anyways.
1: That's awesome.
0: All right, so you've picked your men of a certain age full grip rod because that's what I would pick as a preference. Just because that's what I know. EVA foam versus cork versus carbon Jay.
1: Well, I don't I'm not a big foam fan. I'm I kind of I like the the cork. I like the cork. Now, a certain friend of ours, Sean Oly. Yep. Could give us a whole Primer on cork, like a whole oh, yeah. episode on cork types. I think. I I don't know. I think cork. I like cork.
0: I do too. I like cork. Um, there is different kinds of cork, and we could get we'll get into that in a different show probably. But um, some may wear better or um, do that. I, I think I prefer cork too. The one thing that they did say is EVA is a lot more durable. Mm. Right? Like this guy said, well, my cork lasts for 60 years, but I, I wipe it down with oil every time I take my fishing rod out. And I'm like, I am not that pressure.
1: Oh, yeah. I didn't know that was a thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I did find... I don't think it is. You
1: know, I, I've evolved in my ice fishing world. I found that if you take the plastic wrap off of it that it comes with from the store, it, you can feel things better.
0: Yeah, I think... If that's the number one tip, that <laughs> that's is what a, I got. That's a pro tip. That's right what there. I got. That's awesome. Take.
1: Well, I thought, well, you just keep it on there because it keeps the cork nice, but it yeah. does inhibit yeah, some agree. of the, the sensitivity
0: <laughs> situation. <laughs> it's like it's like keeping the plastic on your furniture. Yeah, right? you don't so do it that. Get dirty. You don't
1: do that. No, oh.
0: <laughs> you got plastic covers. You no. Know? Just so, ju- yeah, I'm a cork person too, <laughs> without the plastic. Although ugly sticks come with EBA foam and I use those too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I guess the other thing is, you know, depending on what you're using it for too, right? Um, If you're doing a dead stick, it probably doesn't matter that much versus like a stick you're going to jig with. The other one that's kind of new, I've seen this just this year, is this carbon. It's, I think it looks like plastic to me. I haven't used one yet, but um, it's basically just hard.
1: Yeah, they're pulling that carbon all the way through. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and it, it's, it's hard to beat that carbon carbon fiber generally for yeah. sound transmission, vibration, and and all that
0: stuff. Get kind of cold, but you got your gloves on, so maybe... You don't. Or you're
1: inside your house.
0: A couple other little things I thought about. We talked short versus long rods. I think that's a whole episode, so... I don't know. I like medium-sized rods. Yeah. It depends on what you're fishing for. So
1: for in my ice shack, I like the shorter ones. Because I have a small shack um, outside. It's if you're kind of standing, you know, over the hole jigging and stuff. The longer ones are nice, but you you take a thirty-plus inch rod and try to put it in mm-hmm. a small clam ice shack, and it's it's just uncomfortable.
0: But if you're on Lake Superior fishing for Lakers, you want a big rod out there. Yeah.
1: Well, and if I have a really long fishing rod in my ice shack, I don't have enough ceiling height to set the hook. <laughs> i'm gonna put a hole right through the ceiling
0: (laughs) so so one thing i thought of and i've seen this almost in every rod that i've got now but the little hook to hook your lure yeah i like that you know that yeah i do too but it leaves the question should you be using those you know (sighs) like remember you had some problems with leaving tension on your rods yeah
1: so actually this is a good a good spot to mention that so I had this issue, and you'll find it in one of our other episodes, but since we're on rods, we'll ta- I'll talk about it again. Um, and I saw this posted on another Facebook group where that rod got some distortion and some twists to it from sitting in a rod bag with tension on it over summer. Um, how I've been able to fix that on mine when it happens is you just hit it with a heat gun real lightly, don't get aggressive. Just just a <laughs> little bit at a time and, and you...
0: oxi torch.
1: Yeah, just know the heat gun until you, you can kind of just give a little twist and kind of work it right back into shape and it, it'll hold that shape just fine. You just got to heat them up a little bit. Um, but don't get aggressive with that heat gun because you can ruin the whole thing. Should yeah. you leave them on there? You probably shouldn't. But I tell you what, Jeff, sitting there trying to get two-pound tests through a small jig again just because, yeah. no... Yeah. <laughs> i mean
0: so, so maybe don't put a lot of tension yeah on it, right? you can hook them up but leave them loose
1: so i bought um i tried something over the summer and, and for some of you you're gonna be like jason what are you talking about which i probably get all the time but um i you know did the rod socks finally for my boat yep boy are yep. those cool and then uh yep. and then i did rod socks and get this with the lure wrap
0: absolutely i am 100% on board i do the same thing and it's Lights out
1: and so I'm going to do that with my winter fishing. I'm going to do the rod socks, the lure Absolutely. wrap, and then you can just chuck them all in the bag, and they don't get all mm-hmm. gobbled up. So that's the plan because it worked really I nice. I out. like I have a a uh, in my a rod locker in my boat, but it's an old boat, so it's homemade deal, and so it's just a hole. It's a seven foot long cavern. You hole. can throw rods yeah. in, but man, you can stack them in there when they're put up that way, and they don't get all mixed mm-hmm.
0: up I'm I am a true believer in the rod sock and
1: do you know why I did that because I put like 10 rods in there without any of that <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> two hours later <laughs> you know <laughs>
0: I, I broke so I I, w- I was I had a few rods where you're like oh most of them have socks you can kind of throw them in there I broke one this year mm-hmm. yeah um, I did too I, I uh, oh this is kind of a story I don't know we'll talk about it real quick <laughs> digress so launched my boat and what was going on there was something i had to move very quickly so i keep my oar in my oh, rod oh yeah that doesn't oh yeah Cause, and so i had to move quickly because there was mm-hmm. i really needed my oar so i yanked in there and pulled my oar out and i broke a rod when i did that cuz um i think i was going to like I think my motor wasn't started, and I was drifting into somewhere I shouldn't be, or something. But yeah, it was bad, so I broke. So I still keep my oar in there because that's where it fits. But but yeah, rod, the rod socks protect everything.
1: Yeah. So. Yep.
0: All right, and we and we can talk about protection to about your rods. You know, I think another episode we can talk about storage bags and stuff too. There's a lot of new hard rod cases out there, and they're pretty cool. Someday we'll have to talk about those. So. I don't have one, but we have soft cases. Yeah, I do. Whole other episode on that one. I don't know. I, I feel like that's a whole episode, not just a conversation about it. Rods. Could so be we're talking about rod storage. It could be. Yeah. Even though we talked about the rod sock and the the lure l- rod
1: sock and a lure wrap, I, I think. Um, yep. Because then you can I throw think. them in a bucket too.
0: You can. No, I love them. Um, I bought some really nice ones this summer at uh, Reed's mm-hmm. on my way up to Malax my favorite place to spend money for summer fishing yeah not sponsored never <laughs> not sponsored nope, we're nope. Still <laughs> all sponsor right for... so i think you know we covered topics about rods from many different angles i think for me fiberglass graphite whatever the important thing is don't ever let it stop you going out there for fishing if you can afford the 30 dollars rod and real combo, go get it and go fishing, right? I mean, or
1: get a schoolie, you can pick them up at garage sales yeah. for like five bucks,
0: right? You want something that you're going to be confident in, but don't let it prevent you from getting out on the ice. I mean, just get out there and fish, right? Absolutely. So, we have a pretty good legend, Jay. You ready to get into the I legend am, today? I'm
1: excited. This looks like a good one,
0: it is. Um, so we got a uh sent in from PK Fishing, and I thought this was good because we may have talked about losing ice cell phones down the ice hole, but this was something different. So, I don't know, Jay, you want to walk us through this one?
1: I sure can. Okay. I'm just going to try to read this. So from PK Fishing. So it's senior year yep. of high school. I'm a freshman in college now. Oh, good. We have, a, we have some young listeners. That's awesome. I know. Isn't that it nice? Is nice? I know. That's awesome. And I have miraculously convinced two of my buddies to go fish with me. Good for them. We'll call them A&S
0: neither of them it's a good thing you didn't have another friend that had another I
1: know yeah that'd be funny though (laughs) neither of them fish much but A does more than S so we get out on the ice drill some holes place tip ups and settle into the shack boy they were uptown they had a place thing to drill holes and and an ice shack and everything I had packed us some home smoked meat and we were eating and having fun however A and S were getting bored because we weren't catching any fish A gets out his phone and is doing whatever on it he decides to put it away and by some stroke of misfortune or negligence, he drops it. So not only does it hit the ice, but it ever so gently slides in the hole. Jeff, you know this everything sport. always it, goes it the it to the, goes in the, the hole. It flutters to the bottom hole, like seventeen feet. We all stare feet. in horror. S and I begin to smile because because we know stuff is about to go down. He <laughs> is freaking out, and I, in a friendly effort to calm him, suggest we try and hook the phone. Of course, we knew we'd never get the thing, but I wanted to help.
0: We tr- and I mean, these guys are in college, so they're. They, this is like, in. I mean, phones are really important now to everybody. But like, we're not talking people with big budgets here, right? You lose your thousand dollar iPhone. No, I know that's a pretty big. And we never even. Deal. I mean,
1: if when we if we lost a phone in the water in college, just because our house got
0: flooded. Yeah, we didn't have. So- <laughs>
1: You just pull it up by the cord
0: <laughs> and not much less work and work somewhere that wasn't like in a town yeah, right? you could so.
1: pull it up by the,
0: the phone cord right <laughs> yeah you would lose it because you just pull the cord back out of the way okay yeah.
1: going moving back back to the story we tried and tried to no avail however i being the cunning son of a gun that i am this he, he's he's very this, he's
0: very modest this fellow <laughs> he's gonna be he's gonna be writing for beer it's going to be labels so. in this future. Oh, yeah. I mean, I hope so. So however, PK I, being the be cutting son of a gun, gun that I
1: am, remember that I have a very small, low-res underwater camera. So naturally, you hooked up the camera to look straight down and jerry-rigged a larger hooked lure to stick to stick on the cam. We lowered this abomination, abomination, abomination down the no. hole, and after 10 minutes, we see a little blue... Edge of his phone case protruding from the silt. We then dragged the hook across the phone and hooked the edge, lifted it to safety. We all go absolutely berserk, and the friend is so relieved as this phone has hundreds, if not thousands, of treasured photos on it. It's always about the photos and those things, it's never about the phone. We know. As we pack up, one of us says something like, Too bad we didn't catch anything. But we all realized it wasn't true. Instead of some dinky little fish, we caught a $1,000 phone. Talk about trophy fishing. I wonder if them guys ever went back fishing with them again.
0: I don't know. They they probably didn't take their phone with. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, you know how, how that goes. Oh, yeah. It's not
0: a good scene. So I, I thought this was a it's really a good, good legend. Yeah, and it's well written. Because in a recovery of the cell phone you've heard of people dropping their cell phones down the hole i mean that's nothing new but well
1: 17 feet that's no small feet i mean that that that's a long ways down
0: well they said it was in the silt like they could barely see it so it must have been soft bottom and it just you know went down so
1: they're in 17 feet of water in a muck bottom maybe that's where they weren't catching nothing
0: could be yeah Yeah, yeah
1: Hmm. We're analyzing oh, the wrong legend. part of the story. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, thank you for sending that cool. in. We really appreciate it.
0: Exactly. All right. Well, Jay, I think uh, we had a pretty good show talking about fishing rods today, so I think we're ready to wrap up. Yeah, that was up. a
1: great topic. Thanks Thanks for uh, all your research on that, Jeff. All right. Tight lines. Cheers.
0: Bye. You've been listening to the Hardwater Fishing Show with Jeff and Jason. Say goodbye. One of the most unique podcasts on the planet. Where we talk about tactics, gear, and ice fishing legends. We'll be back soon. Bye bye. Till then, signing
1: off. Bye bye. Bye bye.